This morning, the Word of God comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 20. John 20. We'll be reading the first 18 verses of this chapter. John 20, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the Scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we have gathered this morning to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from the dead. Truly, this day is one of the highlights of the Christian year. We celebrate those significant events in the life of our Lord. We celebrate His incarnation that he would come down from the glories of heaven, he would take on flesh and be born of the Virgin Mary. 
We uh, commemorate the events of his life, how he came here and lived a difficult life, a life surrounded by sin. We gathered on Good Friday evening to commemorate and celebrate the crucifixion, that he would go all the way to the cross for the sins of his people. And today, today we celebrate his resurrection from the dead. Christ has indeed been raised. And in his resurrection... We know we too have been raised to new life because of what he has done. It is a day to celebrate. It is a day to rejoice. We know that God is with us every day of the week. He's with us every Lord's Day. But today in a special way we think about and commemorate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A day to celebrate. It was not that way on that first Easter Sunday. The day did not begin as a day of celebration. For those first witnesses who would come to the empty tomb, they did not know that he had risen from the dead. Our text this morning says that Mary comes, and she comes, we know, looking for the dead. She comes to anoint a dead body. And instead, she, she encounters an empty tomb. And she goes right away to tell the others. She goes to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. We believe that to be John. She goes to Peter and John and tells them what has happened. The tomb is empty. And how does she describe it? They have taken him. She doesn't say he's rose from the dead. They have taken him away and we do not know where they have put him. On that, on that first Easter Sunday morning, Peter and John and Mary all encounter that empty tomb. And, and each of them has a different response to what they encounter there. And we see in their different responses perhaps a reflection of our own response this morning as we once again hear the truth that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. That that truth might, might cause us to remember and re believe, we truly believe that this is true. He has been raised. Well, on that first Easter morning, Verse 1, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran, went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Mary goes and reports what she has seen to Peter and to John. And Peter and John both respond. Verse 3, so Peter went out with the other disciple, with John, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So both Peter and John, when confronted with an empty tomb, both go to investigate. We read in verse 6, then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. Simon Peter and John both run to the tomb, but Simon Peter, although getting there second, Simon Peter enters first. 
He has a bold response. He wants to know what's going on, which is so, so typical of Peter. He was the brash one. He was the bold one. He was the one, when he saw the Lord walking on the water, he was the one that said, Lord, if it's really you, let me walk on the water too. That was the character of Peter. Very excited at the, at the prospect of being with Jesus. He was the one who, on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was the one that spoke up and said, Let, you know what, let's just stay here. This is so good. Let's just stay here for a while. He was the one who made that confession of Jesus. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, on this confession, on this rock, I will build my church. Peter, one of the, one of the special disciples. There were 12 disciples, but there were three that Jesus had a particular ministry with. Peter and James and John. Peter is one of those inner three. He is the one who would say so boldly, though all others fall away, I will never leave you. This is Simon Peter. This is the bold one. This is the excited one who comes, and although he gets there second, enters the tomb and sees what he will encounter there. The end of verse 6 we read, And he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which had been a Jesus' head not lying with linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. He comes and he sees the evidence. He sees the truth. Jesus is not here. He is not here. He has been taken away, although uh, he might surmise he was not stolen because there was careful uh, attention to detail. Uh, certain cloths lying here, the face cloth lying here, if they had stolen the body, they would just take him away and not cared about that. Peter comes and and he sees the evidence. But he doesn't know what to make of it. Jesus' body is not there. But what could have happened? His mind doesn't first go to resurrection. In fact, in the parallel passage, in the passage in Luke, we read this about Peter's arrival. Uh, the woman came and, and spoke to the apostles, but the words seemed to them an idle tale. They did not believe them. Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home, uh, the text says, marveling at what had happened, a better translation. He went home wondering, wondering at what had happened. What could have taken place? It's not a response of a belief in the resurrection. It's a response of a failure to believe. He wonders. What could have happened? He sees the evidence. The body's not there. The linen clothes are there. But, but what could have happened to the Lord? A response of disbelief. Today we gather in the presence of our God. We gather on this Easter morning. And once again, we, we read the evidence of what has taken place. And we, we enjoy the excitement. We enjoy singing the Easter songs this morning. We enjoy the music playing along with us. We enjoy all of this. But is it really true? Can we, can we suspend belief in the laws of nature to believe 
that a dead body really did rise. Can we believe it? That, that a dead man came back to life. Children, I have never, ever seen that ever. A dead man come back to life. I've seen people die. I've never seen a man come back to life again. Do we believe it? Or, or even hearing this story again, are we still wondering what might have happened? Did someone take him away? Where did Jesus' body go? Is it perhaps buried in some other tomb? Perhaps you are here this morning wondering at the facts of the resurrection. Excited because it's Easter. We love to sing the songs, but ultimately wondering if it's true. If that is where you are this morning, not yet believing the truth of the resurrection, then I can tell you without hesitation to stop wondering and start believing. It is absolutely true. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. God himself witnesses to it. He gives us his very word to tell us what took place. He gives us all his promises of the resurrection of the body. All of these things promised in the word of God. We can be sure. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to suspend belief and wait and see if there's more evidence to come. But God calls us this morning to put our faith and our trust in the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. It is true. If you're excited to be here to sing the songs and, and to be on an Easter morning in church, it's even better when we know this is all true. Jesus Christ actually rose from the grave. It's more than just being excited, but it's believing. It's knowing. It is all true. John was there on that first morning, and he encounters the same evidence that Peter did. He hears the same news. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have laid him. He, along with Peter, does run to the tomb to see what takes place, and even though he gets there first, John hesitates, verse 5, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. He hesitates. He waits. He, he, he's going to see how this all unfolds. Peter comes. Peter goes in. And after, after that, then John will enter as well. Let me read in verse 8. Then the other disciple, who had reached the, term for, the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. Yes, John was hesitant. He did not immediately rush in. But when he did have that encounter with the empty tomb and go inside, he did not wonder. But he believed. He believed, we, our, our text says. Although, although, notice, his belief is still based on his own experience. Verse 9 for as yet, they did not understand the Scripture that he must rise from the dead. John believed based on his experience, but not yet fully understanding. This is in accord with the Word of God. He, he would have to be instructed 
to recognize all those texts Jesus had brought to mind and that this was true because the, the, the Bible said it was true. It was God's promise. Perhaps today you are here. We all are here with the same information. We all read the same story. We all sang the same songs. And perhaps you, you say, you know, I do believe. There is that, that initial embracing by faith. This is true. I'm not going to wonder. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to hesitate. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But there is yet a need for further instruction. Not yet realizing, understanding the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. Needing, needing more. To, to learn more about Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did and why he did it. And to, and, and, and to fulfill that need of further instruction, we will continue to come to worship. We will continue to, to be instructed from the pulpit in the word of God. That's that, that's that means God has given us to, to help us understand the scriptures. I think I've mentioned before, uh, I was going past a church one time and, and they had a reader board out front. And, and on that reader board, uh, a message you know, for the week. And the message for the week, uh, that particular week, and it was on for a couple weeks actually, the message was, we are open between Christmas and Easter. Now it's a wonderful thing to come to church on Easter morning. And it's a good thing to come to church on Christmas morning. But the church is open every Sunday. We are open between Christmas and Easter that we might receive more instruction, that our faith might be strengthened, that our faith might grow, that we might know not only what Jesus did, but why he did it. Why did he have to go all the way to the crucifixion? It was because of our sin. Why did he rise from the grave to fulfill the scriptures and to give us new life? The church is here to give us that, that increased instruction. Yes, we have that initial embracing by faith. He's risen. But I want to grow in that truth. I want to grow in that knowledge. And we are here every Sunday to increase that that, that knowledge which loves to know more about who God is, what he did in his son Christ Jesus. And in fact, we are here twice every Lord's Day. The church is open Sunday morning and the church is open Sunday evening that we might grow in our faith. John waits, John hesitates, but then he sees and he believes, yet not fully understanding the scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. I, I think the most striking response on that first Easter Sunday was the response of Mary. Now, we don't know much about Mary Magdalene. In fact, Outside of the Passion Week narratives, we only hear of her one time in the Gospels. It's not like she's a character that's around all the time. We don't know much about her. 
We do know that on that first day of the week, because of her love and devotion for Jesus, she came to the tomb early. But she didn't come looking for the risen Lord. She came to anoint the dead. She came to visit a dead body. And, and, and when she encounters the stone that has been rolled away, what is her response? They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. Not a response of faith. Not a response that he must have risen. But someone must have taken him. No, no resurrection language at all in, in her thoughts. In fact, later, when she encounters angels... She goes to the tomb, and we read in verse 13, the angels say to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, once again, they have taken my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. No thought of the resurrection. And even when Jesus himself initially speaks to her, verse 15, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Initial unbelief. No thought of the resurrection. No thought of what may have happened. Saw all the evidence and assumed he was still dead and his body had been taken somewhere else. It is not until Jesus speaks her name. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. I have often wondered, what was the tone of that one word? Was it mildly scolding because she didn't believe? Was it warm and embracing? Jesus said to her, Mary, whatever it was. When he speaks to her specifically, when he speaks to her personally, when he says her name, suddenly she recognizes him. And she calls out Rabboni, teacher, my teacher. She knows him because he spoke her name. She knows him because she heard his voice, that personal encounter with Jesus. She came to anoint the dead but rather she encounters a living Lord. And when she sees him and calls out my teacher, she grabs onto him and he says, do not cling to me, I have not yet ascended to my father. But she wants to hold on to him. And he says, no, don't, don't hold on to me, but go and, and tell your brothers that I am ascending to my father and their father. I'm going to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene left and announced, I have seen the Lord. No longer they've taken his body. Where could it be? I have seen the Lord. She begins the day in unbelief. And after this encounter with Jesus, and he speaks her name, I have seen the Lord. Perhaps. Perhaps that is how you have entered God's house today. That attending on Easter is just a tradition. 
It's what we do on Easter morning, just like it's what we do on Christmas morning. No sense of faith, not, not, not even seeking the risen Savior. But Jesus comes to you today. And by the power of His Holy Spirit and through His Word, He speaks to you. And He calls your name. And your response must be to embrace Him. Embrace Him by faith. Rabboni, teacher, my teacher, my master. Jesus continues to do that work today of of bringing those into, into fellowship with Him through the power of His Word and the power of His Spirit. If you have come today walking in in unbelief, not looking for the risen Savior, but the Holy Spirit has gripped you, has grabbed you, then you can leave today rejoicing that He is your master, He is your teacher. That's the glory of the call of the gospel. It takes those who are dead in transgressions and sins and brings them to new life. And the Holy Spirit does that work through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus comes to you this morning by the power of His Spirit, calling your name. Embrace this Savior by faith. Three responses on that first Resurrection Sunday. Peter's excitement, and perhaps we are excited. We're excited to come, we're excited to sing, we're excited for all these things, but ultimately, ultimately we leave in disbelief. Perhaps, uh, perhaps you come with a sense of hesitation, although embracing the truth and, and wanting more. Then, then come back tonight. There will be more this evening, and there will be more next Sunday. Perhaps you walked in simply out of custom, no sense of belief. And yet this morning, the Holy Spirit has called out to you. You have heard your name in the call of the gospel. Then repent and believe, and know the truth that you might leave not saying they've taken his body, we don't know where, but you might leave this morning saying, I have seen the Lord, and the truth of the resurrection lives with you on this Sunday and lives with you on every Sunday. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for the glorious truth of your word, a truth that reveals to us the facts that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Lord God, if there are those here this morning who have never fully embraced that truth, we pray that today by the power of your Holy Spirit, you might hear that, they might hear that call of the gospel, hear Jesus calling their name. And you might, by your Spirit, give them that great response of faith to embrace him, to hold on to him, and to declare the truth that we have seen the Lord. Lord God, help us to to use this glorious Sunday, this glorious Easter day, to be further instructed in our faith. That as we leave here, we might go out and, and rejoice in what Jesus Christ has done, going all the way to death and to new life, that we might have that life as well. Help us truly to celebrate the glory of the resurrection of the dead. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.